This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined by Jim Sebastio. We're going to get started here in just a minute, but before we do that, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources there. You can go to the contact page and reach out to us if, if we can be a help to you. You can also go to the donate page if you'd like to give a financial gift if this podcast or our ministry has been helpful to you. Um, we would always love to receive gifts of support. We are fully funded by donors and churches and other partnerships. So we would appreciate any gift you would like to give to help us continue in the in the work that we are doing. Jim, we want to jump right in, and we're also tackling a topic that somebody wrote in and asked us about. And this is this is an important topic um, that we really haven't covered before. And that's you know we've talked about spiritual abuse. We've talked about you know how you know how, how pastors have taken advantage and abused others and leaders in the church and those kind of things, but. What happens when that gets uh, flipped in a way? And that is, what happens when pastors are getting bullied by maybe certain people in the yeah. church? And so uh, we want to have this conversation because um, this actually happens a lot. And, yeah. you know, with the person, somebody wrote us in and asked us this question, you know, it uh, some people who haven't faced it before um, don't realize how often it happens. But with our the work we do with pastors all over the world, we we see this all the time, and I mean, and I faced it in my own church. And in fact, Jim, I, I just got back from a, a trip, and I had a six hour drive to and from where I was going, and I schedule phone calls usually while I'm on the road. Right. And half of those phone calls, I had about three or four different phone calls. Uh, her pastors who had reached out to talk to me, they didn't say exactly what they wanted to talk about. And every single one of those 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 th- three or four that I talked to are dealing with with someone in the church who is trying to bully them and intimidate them from leading and doing the ministry that, that God's called them there to do. So this is a common thing that yeah. is happening. And so one, we want to do this topic, first of all, so people know this happens. This is this is yeah. and this could be happening in your own church right. and you don't realize it. So if you're not a pastor, so be praying for your pastor, even though because you, you don't know what's going on. But we also want to talk about how, how do you, how do you deal with this? Do, right. do you let them run you off? Do you do you declare war against them? Mm. Do you try to you know do the best you can with them? We want to talk about some of these things. So, uh, Jim, would you kind of set this conversation up though with with a text first, and let's um, let's think about how to how to address it that way? Yeah, I, I have several Brian that come to mind, and you take primarily here in my mind, you know, the Apostle Paul. Although you could certainly deal with the Old Testament prophets and the abuse that they yeah, sure. received. In Hebrews eleven talks about you know some of them, you know, sawn in two, burned with fire. Right. Uh, the the kind of abuse someone like Jeremiah received, uh, beatings, being thrown into a pit. You know, Paul's Second uh, Corinthians eleven. Beating with rods, being stoned, uh, being imprisoned, uh, falsely accused, uh, having uh, the what he what he calls you know, talks about Satan being an angel of light and having his ministers come off as ministers of righteousness. You know the so-called super apostles that followed him around. Yeah, yeah. The apostle telling you know Timothy, um, you know that people are not going to be able, not going to endure his ministry, but uh, are going to. Uh, heap up for themselves teachers uh, who are going to you know deal with them according to their own uh, desires. You have the several instances of his telling uh, Timothy to endure uh, hardship, uh, to be a good soldier, uh, endure it. Uh, you have people like his Paul's reference to a man like Alexander the coppersmith, who he said did him. 
uh, much harm. Uh, you know, so you could go on and on, you know, with that, that men in ministry are facing opposition in their ministry and sometimes facing opposition within their own church from members of their own church or, or, or those who uh, ought to be, uh, in this sense, on their side and, and for them, uh, ought to be compatriots and instead have become combatants against them. Huh. Um, and then, Brian, I think added to this, and we'll, we'll get into this, uh, you know, uh, Paul talking about those who cause division within the church. And it seems to me that much of that division is often going to be around things like doctrine or around uh, leadership issues. Um, uh, somebody who's not in the leadership, wanting to take the leadership of the church, uh, despising the leadership, causing other people to despise the leadership. And so there are references in the scripture about how to deal with divisive people and, yeah. and marking them out and uh, other things. And so the question comes, you know, in this, as well, I think get into this is uh, what is it that's that's in some uh, some sense a personal affront that we deal with in one way, but what is what is it that is an ecclesiastic uh, uh, matter, ecclesiastical matter that that may cause for us to deal with it in, in a way other than personal uh, that it might have to become a corporate issue. Yeah, that's good. I would I'd also throw in there First Corinthians sixteen where Paul is. Um, writing the Corinthians and saying, I've got to stay in Ephesus. I want to come to you, but I've got to stay in Ephesus because there's this wide door of effective work that is open to me, and there are many adversaries. Right. And that act, those adversaries actually uh, are the reason that Paul stays, which is right. an interesting just kind of paradigm right. shift right, from right, the way right, we right. think about things oftentimes. But we don't know what those adversaries, are they in the church? Are they outside the church? I mean, right. we, we don't know. But the point is, is there was adversaries, but Paul even, Paul even said in the way he says it, is implying that the adversaries is not assigned to leave. The adversary is actually assigned to stay. Right. Put so um, as I want to also frame it that way, and we're having this conversation about people who bullies who go after the pastor in the church is really what we're talking yeah. about. Um, and and I want to also put this category up before we start digging into it, and that is oftentimes when bullies show up and start going after the pastor. Um, it, it oftentimes is one of two categories in the church. When it happens in the church, right? Um, that is, there are uh, wolves in the church who are actually in sheep's clothing, and right. you don't know it, right? And they are going after the pastor to destroy him because that's what wolves do. Or right. they are wounded sheep uh, who don't know how to trust a pastor, and because they don't know how to trust this pastor. They go after him, and I have watched. I mean, that's I. The all three firing attempts I faced in my first five years at our church came from three different leaders leading it, and all of them were were leaders in the church. So they were they were in positions of leadership and and authority of, of some kind, and most of them showed to not be wolves. They were wounded sheep. They didn't know how to trust a pastor, but. The way they treated me was a, a reflection of that, and so I, I want to just put those out there. I think it's one of two usually in the yeah, church. Yeah, and it, I, I would add a third. For okay, me. yeah, yeah, good. And, and that is a, and this is maybe the hardest one in some ways, a conscientious objector. Uh, that is somebody who they don't think they're hurting you they don't think they're trying to hurt you they are they they believe in their own mind that they are uh 
raising a righteous objection, but they become a thorn in your side. They become a very painful source in their unrelenting uh, refusal to see another side, to be won over. Uh, and you know, so again, I think to put the best construction on it, they they are in their own mind heroic, as is often the case with bullies anyway, or with people. But, well, sure, yeah. But there are people who think that they are doing, they're simply doing what's right. They're standing up for what's right. They're calling out the elders. They're calling you out for, for bad behavior, and that's its own different thing. You know, I mean, okay, again, yeah. obviously, with the recognition that we can make mistakes and we need to listen and 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 all of the rest. But there can be those times. When the elders have made their decision, they've made they've they've thought through it. They've, they've sought counsel on on the situation. This is their decision, and somebody just won't let it go. Yeah, and they pound and pound the leadership. Yeah, uh, with it. and you're and that, saying that can even be carried out to a level of just even not letting go to it turns into a hostile bullying yeah, uh, yes, kind of yes, approach. An yeah, unre- an unrelenting opposition. I think that's a fair third category for yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so um, one of the things that uh, it's important to realize. When when pastors reach out to us and say basically I'm being I'm being bullied by this person yeah. in the church, that can show up in all kinds of ways. Like you said, it could be I don't like what you're preaching, or I don't like the way you're leading church, or like I don't like you. You're, right. Or, so or you just said something. This is where um, this is where a lot of times the bullies show up is, and again it, the irony is a lot of times the people who show up to be bullies, they're leaders in the church. They were on the pastoral search team that hired that pastor. Right. The first time. But the moment you say something or do something that really they really do not like. So right. I had a conversation with a pastor recently who uh, who confronted sin uh, in, with a family member that is a very connected family in the yep. church. Yeah, look out. And that that's it. That's all it took. And, um, and it's been pretty peaceful up to that point. So... And then the, the this guy, this pastor is clearly being bullied by family members in this in this particular situation. So the the bully, I think that's the, the one of the things to acknowledge with this is, um, and a lot of pastors are caught off guard by this. The bullies are your biggest supporters sometimes at the beginning, mm. and then we're caught off guard and we're like, yeah. wait a minute, you were my supporter. And what I've found is it becomes particularly hurtful to pastors not just to be bullied by somebody, but it's somebody who kind of communicated to him at one point that that I'm for you, I'm with you, I'm your right. supporter, right. and then all of a sudden they turn on you, and it's very disorienting a lot of times mm. uh, for a pastor. So, Jim, what, what's what's something that you have watched pastors like? What what's a, some kind of form of bullying you have seen in pastors you've worked with? Yeah, I mean, I, there is the. Uh, open aggression, and, and that is that uh, they are they are to your face. There is the more uh, behind the back, you know, that is where they are uh, speaking to other church members. They they are raising questions about your integrity, raising questions about how much money you make, raising questions about. Uh, where do you get that car? How do you manage it? I'd like to have a new car. You know, I, I heard that the other day from a pastor, you know, that where he had had uh, an old car that had driven for 20 years and had finally broken down and they managed to get a, uh, whether it was a new car or a fairly new car, but it was new enough that it, it, it caused tongues to wag. Like, wow, I'd, I'd like to have, you know, it, it, that kind of passive aggressive 
we don't like this, we're suspicious of you, yeah. uh, uh, sort of a thing. Let me stop you a minute. We probably need to draw a distinction, though, don't we, between criticisms that come from the right. church and people who are, I mean, we use the term bullying, and we need to be careful that we don't overuse that terminology. Right. But critici- somebody criticizing something you're doing and someone bullying you in the church relentlessly coming after you right. those are two different things yeah correct? i agree i okay. agree and and again we're, we we are not immune to criticism and we we ought to we ought to welcome criticism uh and and be open to it, it but you know how it's done how often it's done the tone with which it's done uh, and the aim with which it's done, not not necessarily for your good, but to put you in your place and to let you know it's intimidating. I mean, this is this. I think what you know. So, what is a bully? A bully is somebody who is intimidating. Is somebody who is threatening. Uh, it is somebody who is throwing their weight around. It's somebody who seems to uh, have power or wants to have power over you. Yeah. It, this it's not the little old lady who says. I think your sermon should be shorter yeah. and, uh, oh, totally. and, and says that over and over again, or I, I don't like these, you know, I don't like these decisions, you know? So again, without talking to the people and, you know, what exactly they have in mind, but it is the kind of person, usually it has to be somebody who has some standing, uh, perhaps somebody who has economic power in the church or has very often diaconal power in the church uh, who is letting you know, you know, basically, you know, you come through here, you got to pay the toll. Uh, you come through here. Uh, I'm going to say something to show you every time we're together that I have some power over you. Yeah. And that's an important distinction to make here because, you know, criticism is one thing, uh, but there are people who can criticize and just because they, they just want to share their opinion for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, and it can be very irritating and very dispiriting, but it's not bullying. It's not bullying. I think that's we need to draw that distinction. Criticism, like you said, one, is good in a lot of ways. We need to receive it. We need to think about it. Or is there merit to it? That's not what we're talking about. Right. We are talking about somebody, somebody or a few people in the church who aren't just criticizing you, but they're trying to prevent you from doing your ministry, in a sense. Yeah. And they're using intimidation, they're using power, they're using manipulation to come against you. And that's that's really, I think, the better definition and understanding of what a, what a bully in the church is. Oftentimes, though, a bully uh, also has to be either a leader or a bully's going to come from a place that at least has power and influence. Right, yeah. So, so economic power, that is, they're, they're a big giver to the church, and they let you know... They're using that my, as leverage, I, right? Yeah. I, you know, you know, you you know, you're hanging on here economically by a thread. If my family leaves, you understand what's going to happen to this church. You that's understand right. what's going to happen to you and your family. You understand you're going to be out on the street. Okay. Yeah. That that's that's intimidation. That's not just saying, "Hey, pastor, I have a concern." Yeah. Uh, or I wish we would do things this way. Again, somebody like that can feel to you, perhaps, brother, pastor, you, know, you in ministry, like a bully. You know, the kind of person who is just. They never seem happy, but they don't. You know, again, they don't have the influence in the church. They don't have the power in the church. Yeah. They're, they're not really threatening to you in any way. In the way that somebody who's the deacon, you know, I got you here. I can get the votes to get you out of here. Yeah, that's, that's totally intimidating. Different. Yeah, that's totally different. And right. I think just understanding that the way someone tries to use that power and and influence uh, is is really what kind of 
brings the category bully or not. So let's let's shift, Jim. I think we've established kind of what categorically what this is. So you have somebody in the church who is uh, not just criticizing you. They are coming against your ministry. They're trying to change your, come against a decision you're made or a direction you're trying to lead or yeah. sabotage is a good word. Yeah, a lot of times right. what bullies try to do. So let's let's go to, okay, so pastor's listening to this. He clearly has identified, he's got two or three bullies in his church and he's dealing with them, facing them. He's two years into his church and these guys finally reveal themselves, or women, either way, yeah. men or women, they, they reveal themselves. They start coming after him. The honeymoon's over. What what kind of advice should would you and I give a pastor, just in a general sense? Every by the way, every situation is different, right? But what's some general advice we could give to help a pastor? He's identified. He's it, it, they're a bully. They're acting in the ways we've just described. What kind of advice do we give them on how to deal with it? Boy, you know, I, I I'm having a hard time, I guess, you know, to come up with a blanket statement there because of all the caveats or because of all the differences. Let me add this. I to think it. that there Let me are add this to it. Yeah. I think, uh, and they've been there less than three years. Yeah. And the reason I say that is that facing a bully but not having the relational collateral with the church because you haven't right. been there long enough. Right. Is the is the position a lot of these guys are in, and it's right. the hardest position. Right. I so say. I'm going to try to. So my general thought is, you know, number one, can you win the bully? And, and, and that right. is, you know, sometimes a bully is somebody who's been hurt themselves in the past. You know, I mean, you, right. I can remember watching a movie a few years ago in which this one kid was just, oh, he was a horrible bully. He was, and you, you heard the things he would say to a kid he was picking on. And then they have a scene where this kid's older brother is saying those same words to him and picking on him. And you realize, okay, he is, you know, he, he's responding, he's acting out because he himself has been bullied. So, you know, so you might say, okay, is there a way that I can so love this person, so respond in kindness, not return evil for evil, uh, pray for those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, uh, so that I, I bless them, I love them, and I, and I, I win them. I think that that's one, there's one, a second, and we can open these up if you want to. Yeah. I think the second is you ignore it, and, and, and you don't answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like, you don't want to get dragged into a fight. Uh, I mentioned to you, Brian, uh, in prep here, uh, you know, statement of Spurgeon. He said, there are certain things I look at with my blind eye, listen to with my deaf ear, and put in my pocket with a hole in it. Yeah. And that is, I do my best just yeah. to forget it. I just, you know, I just, okay, thank you, you know, but you just, you, you know, and then, but then the third thing is you have to confront it. Yeah. And because you, you are recognizing in some of these cases, it's not just my peace and my family and my reputation and my home. It's the honor of Christ. It's the future of this church and this person. You talked about, Brian, you know, if I am able to discern the difference between a wounded sheep and a wolf in sheep's clothing, if it's the wounded sheep, I'm patient, I'm loving, I'm trying to be as helpful. If it's a wolf, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, I mean, that, yeah. uh, that I as a shepherd have a rod and a staff, and that is, and, and some of that is to ward off wolves, and part of our job as pastors is yeah. to protect the flock. I totally agree with that. The problem is that when the bully shows up, a lot of times, especially if you're in your second year or your third year, right? I don't believe, and I've counseled others this way, that you can really know, are they a wolf in sheep's clothing, or are they a wounded sheep? And because there's just not enough time yet to evaluate that. And the reason I say that is, I mean, that was my own experience, first of all. Right. I, I And you're talking about winning the bullies. Like, I, I I mean, by God's grace, I was able to win a lot of the bullies that were 
They were coming against me, and they ended up staying, and God redeemed our relationships. But if you would have asked me in years three and four, I would have, I would have just been adamant. There's no way these people know Jesus. There's just no way these right. people know Jesus. And four or five years after that, I would have said all of them, but maybe one or two, truly showed to know Jesus. And they, mm. and, uh, they were wounded sheep. They didn't know how to yeah. trust me. And that's how they acted that out. So I do want to say that when I talk to guys, regardless of how crazy the instance is, okay, I get it. They're coming after you in this way, but you know, you just don't know the background yet. You don't right. have a relational trust or even, right. you know, have made it yet. So I, I, I want to acknowledge that a lot of times the, when guys are being bullied by, by someone else, they haven't been there long enough. It's, you can choose to take them on. You can just, you know, you can, it's okay, corral, and we're going to just go at it. Right. But you don't know what you're working with yet. When right. you know you're, like you said, when you know you're working with a wolf in sheep's right. clothing, then it's on. I mean, and then you right. figure out a way to, to go after them at the right time and fight against them because you're there to protect that flock. Right. But the tricky thing is we, I think we rush to declare someone a wolf right, right. quicker than right. we should. That's what, yeah, I'm trying to be, yeah, I want to be very careful with that. Yeah, you know, but, it, it says of the Lord Jesus, you know, when, when, when reviled, he reviled not, he opened not his mouth, but he entrusted himself to he judges righteously. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is a, there is a this is, ought to be a very patient response in, in light of that. And yeah. sometimes your silence as you're entrusting yourself to God, you know, can be can be manipulated by some as a sign either of weakness or guilt or something. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, you know, to be able to do that con- with a good conscience and trusting yourself to the Lord in that, that he will vindicate you uh, if you are acting righteously. Yeah. Let me add, your advice, by the way, I agree with it all is good. I want to add a couple things to what you said. One is, if you choose, if you choose to fight, and you choose to take the bully on, which mm. sometimes a courageous pastor has to come in and take the bullies on who've held a stranglehold on the church. Right. That is the essence oftentimes of what church revitalization is, and that I think what God is doing, he's raising pastors up to be willing to go into these places right. and do that. But um, I would say do not declare war on someone unless you're ready to go all in with it. Um, a lot of guys will will go halfway with this and push those buttons and stir the pot, but yeah. not willing to say like, okay, like it's going to be you or me. So let, let this and yeah. whatever that looks like. So I would say, no, don't pick the fight uh, unless you're you think it's the right time and the right time to, the right moment to pick that battle. Um, and if not, then I think you have to take another tactic until it's time to really go after them. Which leads me to the second thing I want to say. It kind of piggybacks on what the good advice you gave. It's true, man. I mean, I've given it before, and guys are dumbfounded that I'm saying, you know, you can just ignore them. And they're like, what do you mean I can ignore? You can ignore them. No, I can't. They're like in my face all the time. They're this and that. But your advice is right on. For the record, you can be bullied in the church by somebody, and you can ignore them. Now, I want to add, but I want to add to that. I would say, I think. You can um, you can you can work around them and be very effective in ministry is the mm-hmm. way I would word it. So there's terminology that I learned from Tim Booker in regard to the revitalization circles. He says sometimes, and you know he was a, he grew up as a, on a farm and he knew these illustrations. I don't, but he says there's this concept that you plow around the rock. 
So mm-hmm. you come to a play, you're plowing a field, you hit this giant rock. You can either take the time to try to wedge that rock out and dig it up and do all those things, mm-hmm. or you just plow around it and just kind of keep going and leave right. the rock. And I think I found that such a helpful illustration. I think it applies to what we're talking about here. Yeah. You can ignore, but part of ignoring is not is is realizing, yeah, they're there. Like Spurgeon said, I'll you know I'll let I'll listen to you with my deaf ear, but I'll listen, you know, right? With my deaf ear, I think there is a, a level of um, plowing around the rock. In other words, and literally had a conversation uh, yesterday about this with somebody. You know, they're able to tell me, man, the Lord's at work. There's tons of fruit. I'm two, three years into this, and God's clearly at work. But I have these bullies coming after me, trying to sabotage it. Mm. And I was able to give the advice in that moment. I've given it a lot of other times before. It sounds to me like the bullies are coming out because they don't like what's happening. They don't like even that God's at work. So, Mm. you know, you realize you could just ignore them and plow around the rock and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you've got the people; they're for you. It's, yeah. It sounds like, and that's the other thing to realize. The last thing I want to say on on this: when you're dealing with a bully, we can get consumed with the bully. The problem right. is, if the bully's one person or two people, right. I don't care how influent, I don't care how powerful they are, I don't care how connected they are. If the whole, the church as a whole, for the most part, is for you and loves you and wants you there and is receiving your ministry, which is often the case. But pastors miss that because they get consumed with the two or three people that are right. trying to just make their life miserable. So it's important if you're facing the bully to take a step back and evaluate honestly. Does the majority of this church want me here? Are they receiving my ministry? Do I do I have a love for the majority? That's good conversations to have and mm-hmm. things to consider because then that helps you evaluate. Okay, you know what? I can keep doing this and let the you know the the bullies sometimes do what they do because. Sometimes that's all they can do. All a toddler can do is throw themselves in the corner and throw a fit if they can't accomplish anything else because they don't have the the clout to be able to do that or the right. influence to do that. So a lot of times you will act. The, one of the best ways to deal with bullies is is just plow around them and, and keep mm. doing the work of the ministry. I highlight that though, Jim, because I'm finding tons of pastors that is not a satisfying answer for them. They're like, but this guy is. At me, like they're letting the bully right. get to right. them. Right, my you know the the uh, my son uses the expression. I'm sure you've heard it. You know this. They're living in your head rent free. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great way to look at. You know, it. You're, it. You're, you're allowing them. And I use the illustration before. You know, it's like you know the oh, they're they're tying my shoelaces together. It's like. Well, spread your legs apart. So, you know, I mean, you know, you you, know, you don't have don't to let, let them. You I, don't have to let them yeah. win in in that sense. And and to do that again, Brian, you really need. I mean, you need some emotional health yourself and some resiliency. Yeah, no you doubt. You need some friends around you to be able to speak encouragement to you, and you need to be able to remind yourself of fundamental truths: your identity in Christ, that the Lord called you here. That there's going to be hardship associated with ministry. It's here, you know. It wasn't here before, but it's here now. And how you're going to deal with it, and not allow it to, you know, you can't let it, you know, carry into the pulpit so that you're defensive, that you're passive aggressive, that you make, you know, remarks about, you know, people undermining you or whatever else. There may be a time for that, but that's probably a congregational meeting, right? Not the pulpit, and that you. And it's hard because you're, you know, you you you've written on this. One of the books is, you know, the snarls and and uh, scowls, Face, and, facing yeah. snarls and scowls. There you go. Yeah. I, whatever. I, I, yes. Oh, yeah. I had I had other uh, man messing that up, but uh, 
Uh, anyway, but you know, yeah, you, you're up there, and there's that person. And uh, I've had it happen in the past, Brian, where I've had difficult. Somebody's really, uh, you know, and maybe again, their mind, they're being Mr. Faith. Well, it sure felt like a harassment. And you know, you had to get up there and, and look at their face while you're preaching and thinking they don't like this, they don't like me, they don't like any, you know. Yeah, and that's hard. not that's it's not hard. easy to do. And it's so hard. you know, Paul says we preach in the sight of God in Christ. And to be able to to say, all right, Lord, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna preach for the sheep who are receiving. I am gonna uh, preach for the lost who need fi- need to be found, and I'm gonna preach for Your honor and glory. And just help me, That's good. help me not to be so intimidated. Uh, I you know, I can have a weakness in that regard. I, you know, all, I think all of us want people to like us. There's, there's, if you like fighting, you're not co- you're not qualified to be a pastor. Agreed. You know? Agreed. So yeah. so you, we're not we we are not guys who are and we don't promote ourselves. We don't defend ourselves, and so this makes it we are particularly vulnerable to this. Yeah. Two final words for me. One is you kind of hit on both of them. Uh, if you're somebody who actually likes this kind of environment and you go into a church looking to pick a fight, you will destroy the church. So just because you might be able to take on the people coming up and want to go fight right away, and that doesn't mean that's the right thing, and you're actually going to destroy that church. And that's number one. Number two is uh, I think you just put a good caution up a moment ago to not let the bullies so affect your heart that it calluses and hardens and prevents you from loving people in the church. Mm -hmm. The bullies do not represent the whole of the church. But if we're not careful, we can let it carry over into all of our relationships right. within the church. So be mindful that to not let your heart become hard. I mean, the the, the goal is a, is tough skin and a soft heart. Right. And that will allow us to face the bullies and will it also allow us to love the sheep mm-hmm. that truly, that are there who truly want our care. So any final word from you, Jim, on this? Yeah, I mean, again, I think we go back to the example of the Lord Jesus, and uh, you entrust yourself to a faithful God. And and you know, there, there are certain things this is hard to do. You know, I mean, you live with you live with the final day in mind. You know, so Paul says, you know, because there's going to be a resurrection of the dead, I, I I live always with you know to have a clear conscience before God and man. And you know, Paul's able to say of some, it's a little thing for me to be judged of you. He who judges me is the Lord, and that is to live with such a God consciousness, such a last day consciousness. Uh, and to be able to say, you know, that I, I am willing to allow the Lord to vindicate me uh, and trust him in that. But again, it gets, you know, we, we could give all the caveats, but that's why I want to end with that. I've said other things earlier. But you entrust yourself to a faithful God. You, you live with a good conscience before him. Mm. You accept his approval of you. And, and if you can do that, as one man said, you know, if at the end of the day, my... I have my family, my fellow elders, and, and a sense of a good conscience. You know, I, I can live and die with that. That's good. Uh, the pastors I work with who are facing bullies, it's uh, it's something they had not prepared for. Nothing really prepares you for it. It's very painful. It's hurtful. And so, Jim, would you take a minute? Any pastors mm-hmm. listening to this, this really resonated with them. Would you mm-hmm. take a minute and pray for them specifically? Yeah. Thanks. Our Father, we know uh, that there are wounded shepherds uh, listening to this, and they're wrestling with what their future is going to be. They may even be wrestling, Father, with resentment and and hatred and anger and bitterness toward those who have made their lives so difficult. Uh, Help them, Father, to pray for, to love, to do good to those who abuse them, who spitefully use them. 
I helped them father to have that ability to, uh, as it were, you know, shovel, shovel hot coals upon their head, Lord, to not return evil for evil, uh, but to return a good for evil. Lord, that, that if that's going to be done, it will take your power, it will take your grace and, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so help those, help their wives, help their kids and others who may be struggling, uh, others who may be hurt in the collateral damage of all of this. We ask your help and mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.